With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I'm Marianne Williamson. Jack Canfield. Subang Kusome. I'm Doreen Virtue. My name is Omega Reeves. Hi, I'm Carolyn May. This is James Van Prague, and you're listening to Inner Journey with Greg Friedman. Keep doing what you're doing, Greg. Balancing the negative radio broadcast with positive energy. Yeah, baby. You are listening to Inner Journey with Greg Friedman on KXFM 1047. Broadcast from Laguna Beach, California, all over the world. And if you want to check us out on social media, it's Inner Journey with Greg Friedman. And the website is gregfriedman.com. Y'all know the gig. Sex, relationships, dream interpretation, anything to do with personal growth. We talk about it all. But we don't tell you what to do. And we don't tell you how to do it. And you want to know why? Because it ain't our friggin' lives. It's your life. It's your choice. It's your strength. Do what you will with it. Know what feels appropriate and know how to discern what feels good and what is good for you. Because they ain't always the same thing, baby. I'll tell you that for sure. And all we're going to do is introduce you to pathways and possibilities. We are not the light in the way. But we're going to show you some different lights, some different ways. And we want you to try it on if it feels good. If it don't, throw that sucker back up on the shelf. We don't want you wearing something that's funky, that's smelly, that's the wrong size, that's too polyester for anybody's good. But what we do want is you to listen with an open mind, an open heart, an open soul, and the courage to come with us on an inner journey. This is Neil Donald Walsh, and I'm happy to tell you that you're listening to Inner Journey with Greg Friedman. Stick around. Your life could change any minute. <laughs> oh, you're going to be very happy. Baby, baby, why can't you sit still? Who can't 
Don't we all need a little remedy? Welcome back. You are listening to Inner Journey with Greg Friedman on KXFM 1047. Broadcast from Laguna Beach, California, all over the world. Now, you know, most of the time when I talk to you all at this segment of the show, it's just off the cuff. But this came up last week and I made a note about it because I really feel like it's not discussed enough. In this time that is inside out and right side up and all over the place, left is right and right is left, it's really important. One of those things you're going to hear people tell you over and over and over is trust your gut. And I agree with a caveat, of course, because it's me. And the difference is this, and it's really, really important to learn how to discern. Sometimes what your gut is expressing is a trauma response. And sometimes what your gut is expressing is your soul's desire. And it is absolutely, absolutely vital that we do the work. And I mean, it's work, people, because it is so easy to talk ourselves into believing that that trauma response is the absolute unequivocal truth. And at the time, ain't nobody going to be able to talk you out of it. Ain't anybody going to say, oh, no, this is my intuition. I trust my intuition. I go, yeah. Trust your intuition, but do the work so your intuition is not obscured by a funhouse mirror that puts it through a prism that makes it all warped and icky. And I'm going to tell you this. The universe helps over and over and over. It's our job to open ourselves up. And I'll tell you one really easy way. I have seen this innumerable times. People work their ever-lightened life booties off to go towards a change. Well, what right, right when they're on the precipice of having every single thing, have every single thing open to them, God, the universe, I don't care what you want to call it, takes you to a fork in the road. And I say he does this for two primary reasons. One is... He's got an evil, sick, twisted sense of humor. And the other is, if you choose the bright, shiny object of the moment, then what you're not choosing is yourself. And if you choose yourself in that moment when you have an opportunity, and I'm telling you that other thing is going to look bright and shiny and pretty and groovy, but when you choose for yourself in that moment, it's yours because you actively participated in the health and well-being of your life. And it's always our responsibility. I say this every friggin' week. Happiness is our responsibility. Love is our responsibility. Now, the question is, are you going to do the work? Are you going to take responsibility for your life? Are you going to choose the shiny object? Or are you going to choose 
what you know in your soul is for you. Are you going to answer the universe with a yes or maybe not right now? Entirely up to us. One of the greatest gifts that we have is the gift of choice. What are you going to choose? And we'll be back with more Inner Journey with Greg Friedman and Justice Bartlett in a little bit, soon to be followed by Mary Adams. You're listening to Inner Journey with Greg Friedman, and we'll be right back. When you start to ask the question, it unfolds the fabric of space itself, how it's made. What is it made of? not alone in this universe. We never have been. Alien intelligences have cohabited with us on this planet for millions of years. We inherited the obsession from the Anunnaki. Anyone that still thinks that we're the ones that are obsessed with gold does not know enough about the true history of our species, how we came to be here, and the conditions that brought us here. We are not unique in this universe. Extraterrestrials do exist. We are, so to say, the copies of them. Welcome back. You are listening to Inner Journey with Greg Friedman on KXFM 1047, broadcast from Laguna Beach, California, all over the world. Right now we have Justice Bartlett about to join us. Justice has very aptly described herself as a provocateur. She is a guide. She is a phenomenal author and somebody that has great insight and ability to help others with both hard times and accepting good times. Justice, welcome to Inner Journey. Hi, Greg. Great to be here with you. All right. So did I get it right? Is that about who you is? Well, that's about some of the things that I do. Okay. <laughs> and that's a facet of who I am. Yes. Excellent. All right. So why are you on the air today, girl? Well, <laughs> why am I here? <laughs> Long pause. <laughs> And y'all who don't know Justice, she's never at a loss for words. So this is fun. Well, I feel kind of put on the spot. I am here because uh, you and I have started kind of joining forces in this endeavor to awaken and tickle people's consciousnesses. And um, to my great delight... um, are we going to talk about this workshop that we're doing? I don't know. Are we? Yes. I think it might. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. All right. So the title of the workshop is what? The title of the workshop is Fire and Ice, Dynamic Bonding with Life and Each Other. Dynamic Bonding with Life and Each Other, Fire and Ice. And that sounds really cute, and I love the title. What the hell does it really mean? 
What does it mean? Well, we've got these two opposing elements, fire and ice. And we all have these elements within ourselves. Um, We see them as what is referred to as masculine, feminine, yin, yang energies, light, shadow, uh, typically what we term to be sort of right and desirable and sort of wrong and suppressible. Mm-hmm. And the process of dynamic bonding is coming into contact with touching those qualities, the opposing qualities um, in ourselves and and then in others. I don't think we can really truly touch in others with, with a sense of safety and integrity what we're not willing to touch, what we're not willing to be with and even cultivate or at least be curious about in ourselves. So talk about those things that you that we're going to help people touch. What does mm. that mean? What does that mean? So when I think of the word touch, it immediately pulls me into the access point with intimacy. And it's not necessarily about physical touch, although we are a desperately, like, touch-craving, needing society. It's about bringing awareness to. It's about cultivating empathy for. It's about for and with. Um, It's about curiosity. I think the first step to touching anyone or anything is coming from a place of curiosity and reverence, even more so than respect, uh, because this is sacred work, and our relationship with ourself is in and of itself sacred, and our relationship with others uh, is as well. And I think the more awareness we can bring to that, the more we can actually um, we can actually experience our relationships as being conscious containers for helping us grow and support and nurture each other. And ourselves, absolutely. And ourselves, yes. Yeah, absolutely. And it's about saying yes to the reverence. It's about saying yes to ourselves. And then it's about meeting the other in a place where they can be met and recognized and appreciated. Absolutely. And I love that you brought appreciation into it because particularly talking about these qualities that we may be in opposition with within ourselves, um, we don't tend to appreciate those qualities. And we often either appreciate or not only not appreciate, but we'll attack, deflect, or, or go into trance about them with ourselves or, or with others. Uh, we can become very self-abusive, and that does not tend to lend to nurturing or intimacy. So one more time, it's what I really hear you saying is that we're going to teach a workshop and help people touch aspects of their own masculine and feminine in order to see the reflection of themselves in the other, and then therefore embrace ourselves and others with um, more authenticity. Is that accurate? I think that's pretty accurate. And um, it's going to be, I tell my clients 
that the point of doing inner work is not to become a self-important naval contemplator. (laughs) The point (laughs) of doing inner work is to build, repair, uh, rebuild the bridge between our internal and external world. So we'll be helping people with the process of introspection, but we'll also be engaging in, in community activities and even some pretty physical things to help anchor and kind of rewire even like our neurological processes around how we both internally and externally engage in these dynamics. Absolutely. All right. Now, two things. One is Radiance Magazine has been, Scott Ware has been a guest on this program more than a few times. And I heard that you have an article coming out on this very thing in the next issue. Is that right? That is correct. And if people want to find out more about you or maybe ask some questions about the workshop, how would they go about doing that? You can contact me through my website, illuminationwithjustice.com. Easiest way. Illuminationwithjustice.com. Justice, always a pleasure. Thank you very much. Likewise, darling. And we'll be back with more Inner Journey with Greg Friedman and our guest, Mary Adams, right after this. Welcome back. You are listening to Inner Journey with Greg Friedman on KXFM 1047, broadcast from Laguna Beach, California, all over the world. Tonight, our guest is Mary Adams. Mary is a global empowerment catalyst. She has been teaching and mentoring around the world for over 14 years. Her many talents include, and I love this, being a teacher, a coach, an ordained minister, and offerings to support her mission of empowering others to their highest potential and calling in business as well as in personal pursuits. Mary, welcome to Inner Journey. Greg, thank you so much for having me today. It is such an incredible pleasure. I have literally known you for close to a decade, and we have never met in person until just now. So thank you for coming all the way out. Thank you, Greg. It's such a pleasure to be here, and what an incredible studio this is. I'm having so much fun. I love this joint. All right, I'm going to start with the first question I ask every single guest. We've had authors, we've had artists, medicine men, shaman, people of service of pretty much every different kind of walk, every different path. To a person, there was something poignant, there was something specific that really made them going on their journey undeniable. They had, it really thrust them onto their path. What's your story? Well, it's a big one. (laughs) It's a big one. Um, I am a power woman and I have always been a power woman. Um, I was pretty much raised by my dad mm-hmm. and was one of the boys, okay. <laughs> which I think it gave me a step above, you know, uh, in my own upbringing. I was a little bit tougher than the other girls, even though I've, I'm really little and petite. <laughs> so, okay. um, 
the inspiration for what I do really started at a very young age. How young? One. Two. Seriously. And can you remember back at one and two? I can remember music. Really? Yeah. Cool. What do you remember? Well, the first song that I was ever really connected to, I remember being very, very little, probably one or two, All You Need Is Love. And I felt this presence in me. And I I, I knew that it meant something different from what I had been taught around me. And I had experienced a lot of love around me, but I there was something more. And it was at that point that I'm like, I'm here to do something important, but I didn't know what it was. That's a whole lot of cognitive skills for a one-year-old, way beyond my pay grade. So, all right, so you hear that at one. And so go on, talk more, if you would, a little bit about what, what helped you realize your path. Well, I had been on a spiritual path most of my life, trying out lots of different things, which was wonderful. And, you know, being in the Los Angeles area, there's a lot to offer. And that was certainly the beginning of the pursuit. But it was really when I had become disabled and I was paralyzed from the waist down and I was at this mercy point where I could not get out of my own bed. Oh, hell no. Do you think you're just going to drop that without backing up and telling the story? (laughs) Well, I... Truthfully, I I wish I had a dramatic story of how I had hurt my back, but I was a Girl Scout leader. It was cookie season. I picked up a case of Thin Mints, and I had a disc pop and collapse, and I got stuck, bent over. I couldn't stand back up, and what had happened is it collapsed so hard that it almost completely severed the sciatic nerve in my back. Holy schmoly. Okay, and so you're there in that moment, probably in front of, like, some grocery store. (laughs) Almost, yes. And you double over, and you ain't getting back up. What happened? Well, um, after going to a few country doctors that misdiagnosed No, no, no. What happened that day? I couldn't move. I couldn't. I had to have help and be assisted to my car. I could not get out of my car. I had to call my husband and have him help me out. And I ended up in bed. And I stayed there for five years. You stayed in bed for five years? Basically, yes. Okay. So you get to bed. Eventually, you get to a doctor. I would assume emergency room? Or were you too stubborn for that? Well, we, you know, I figured... I. I had had back issues most of my life. So, Uh you know, and here I am. I'm, you know, I'm queen. I can (laughs) handle this stuff. Uh But as time went on and when I finally got the diagnosis of what was going on and that I needed surgery, um, most of the nerve damage had already been done and was irreversible. Really? Yes. Now, I want you all to know that she is not in a wheelchair. She is not sitting down. She's up, standing, partially doing yoga intermittently, and bouncing around the studio as we speak. So you got a whole, how did we get from five years bedridden? And what was that like? Five years bedridden? I don't, I got to tell you in all honesty, and I'm not, I'm not exaggerating, I'm pretty sure I would have offed myself in that period. 
I, I'm really damn sure that that's a lot to take in and to be for somebody that's as active as I am and I know as active as you are to be bedridden to that degree and that dependent on other people that would be my own personal hell what was that what was that experience for you well in the beginning um it was very depressing it was very difficult and but i had two little kids i had a veteran husband from the marine corps that needed my help he he was disabled from the marine corps and i had to survive and but as time went on it got to the point where i was you know, in so much pain and really just suffering. And what I started to do is I started to turn to spiritual texts, to books, to uh, understanding physically what was happening with me. And, um, you know, it had become more important to create wellness for myself. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know where to start. I didn't know where to start. It was difficult. And so... You began to create wellness for yourself through reading spiritual books, self-help books, growth books. Is that right or no? It is, but there was this impactful moment in my life where things really got real. And my life had changed. I don't want to go big into the story, but I had to leave my marriage immediately. Immediately? Immediately. And I had to make some decisions. And here I am in this bed with two little kids and no idea how I'm going to create an income, how I'm going to take care of myself in any way, let alone the kids. And I literally screamed, screamed to the sky, screamed to the gods, screamed to whatever might have been there at that moment. And I said, you know what? What in the world do I do next? How do I fix this? And the answer was, I, I heard this voice in my head, and it was probably my voice. I didn't know at the time what it was. I know what it is now. But there was this voice in my head that said, wiggle one toe at a time. And oh boy, that made me mad because I could not <laughs> even wiggle my toes. I couldn't move my feet. Uh -huh. what, you know, it's like, it was so ludicrous. Uh, you know, frustrating. And then I started. I started wiggling one toe at a time. I started doing research on how to do nerve blocks on myself. I fired my doctors, every single one of them, because they did not believe that I could walk again. And I didn't want a doctor treating me or giving me medications or doing anything unless they could be part of that belief system. And they told me I was crazy. Mm -hmm. That it wasn't going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, I showed them. Okay. So you start by wiggling some toes. At some point, you get out of bed. What was that moment like? Liberating. I spent all of that time dreaming about having a life. Dreaming about dancing Dreaming about running after my kids in the front yard. Dreaming about seeing the mountains and the ocean. And I had to wait. But that was the motivation. Was that I had to, I had to begin taking the first steps so that I could, could build into that. 
Absolutely. And what most people hearing stories like this don't understand or don't really feel into is you talk about these one these moments that are significant, they're amazing. Wiggle a toe. It just reminds me of that scene in Kill Bill. And I, I could see you doing it and focusing on it and just refusing not to wiggle the toe. And then when you get up and you get out of bed for the first time, I could see that. But what people don't see that in between those moments and beyond those moments is the intense work. And I'm not just talking physically. I'm talking, you have to get your mind straight. Because if you don't have your mind straight around this, you're going to throw in the towel because you're going to go, oh, BS, this ain't worth it. So how did you get your mind right? It was lots of mistakes. It was lots of stumbling. It was lots of moving 10 steps forward and going back 22 and then moving up five. And, 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 but as I made these mistakes, as I was free within myself to believe that I could heal this vessel, the mistakes started to turn into opportunities. And so little by little, piece by piece, I, I have a philosophy with the clients that I work with who are sick. Mm-hmm. And what I tell them is that healing is a holistic, not H-O-L, W-H-O-L-E, whole. It's about everything in your body, every system in your body, mind, body, spirit, you know, from the physical perspective, your nervous system, your digestive system, how your brain is working, consciousness, awareness. What are we doing to our body? How are we treating it? That's creating more problems. And so when we come down to that and we create that experience, then healing can happen at so many different levels. And that's huge. I mean, it is so ridiculously important to understand we have to treat the whole person. Now, you were talking earlier that as a part of this process, you started exploring spiritual paths. You started exploring personal growth paths. What did that look like, and how did that dovetail, or did it dovetail, into your physical rehab? Well, it... It really did. And I had the fortunate opportunity. There was a church in the little town that I was living in, and I really wanted to go. And so that was on my vision board as one of my first steps when I could get out of the house that I was going to go to this church. And I show up, and they're talking about law of attraction. And I'm, I'm just like, whoa, how did that happen? Mm-hmm. And then one day I met a man there, And he said, I've got this great idea, this radio station online. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. It's called Co-Creator Radio Network. And I went, wow. I was just, my eyes were huge. And I sat with him for hours as he shared this concept and this idea. And I said, hey, I have a lot of time on my hands and I'm disabled, (laughs) but I know how to do marketing. Okay. I, and I have time to volunteer. What can I do? And he said, well, come on over. Zero listeners when we started. But I was able to take this energy that I had cultivated and the energy that I needed to heal myself 
And we started interviewing people that could teach us or teach me how to heal even further. Absolutely beautiful. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to have more Inner Journey with Greg Friedman and our guest, Mary Adams, right after this.
Welcome back. That's Cole Thorne, and I was introduced to her about three weeks ago, and I haven't stopped playing her music since. She has just got one of those beautiful, from the bottom of her soul kind of raspy voices that I dig. You are listening to Inner Journey with Greg Friedman on KXFM, and if you want to check us out on social media, it's Inner Journey with Greg Friedman. And this evening, we are hanging out with Mary Adams. And if you didn't hear her response to my first question, y'all got to go back and listen to the podcast because this girl can tell a story. Mary, there's a lot I could say about Mary, and I've known her a long time. I've been blessed to know her a long time. But I'm going to tell you, when it all the other stuff just gets boiled off, turned away, at the end of the day, Mary's mission is to be love and to spread love to the best of her ability and to foster people's ability to recognize that they are loved and lovable and to love themselves. Fair enough? Fair enough. (laughs) Now, we were talking about your spiritual journey. And outside from being paralyzed from the waist down, into really awakening. Were there particular people or moments or books that were your impetus to get better or helped you along the way? Oh, certainly. And I think one of the biggest moments for me, probably the first book was The Seed of Your Soul by Gary Zukov. And when I read it, I was quite the novice about trying to understand what he was speaking of. Mm-hmm. And it really changed my perspective. And I started opening up and somehow or other, I, I had received a self-published book from a woman named Heather Ash Amara. Okay. We've had Heather on a few times. I love Heather. Yes. And she happened to be a local teacher in my community that was working with women Mm -hmm. and empowerment. And it went on the goal list. I wasn't quite ready to join the classes, but I knew that I was going to do it when I was physically up to it. And so did you? I did. I got the opportunity. (laughs) I'm sorry. I, I got the opportunity to meet her, and it was through Don Miguel Ruiz. And what is absolutely needed to be understanding here is that he's the author of The Four Agreements. And with Co-Creator Network, we were at a conference. Don Miguel was going to be there. I had met Heather Ash at some business community meetings because I was a business leader in my own community. I had my own store, a little antique cute store. It was called The the Spotted Cow, and I dress up the cow all the time. It was great. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that, that's a whole nother story for another day. Um, but when I met Heather Ash, she told me that she was a student and teacher with Don Miguel Ruiz of the Four Agreements. And that book really changed how I saw how I was living my own life. And I realized that I wasn't in authenticity with myself. I'd been lying to myself about a lot of things for years. And it really opened me up. And so when I realized that, I was, I was so excited he was going to be at this conference. 
Heather Ash comes over and she said, I want to introduce you to Mary Adams. And there's a picture that's been circulating for years on my feed of the first moment I met Miguel. Oh, really? Yes. I, 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 I have the utmost respect for Don Miguel. And I'll tell you, he put up so gorgeously with my arrogance. I was debating him about his own book and he wasn't condescending about how he responded. He listened and he considered what I had to say and really was illuminating. And and not only because of what he had to say, but because of the incredible generosity of heart and spirit that he was able to say it with. I mean, it's stunning. I agree. And when I met him, I asked him, I said, we have this little radio station. We had a few listeners. We were just getting started. And I, I was so excited. New entrepreneur, you know, on this path of doing what really excited me. And I said, we would sure love it if you'd come, at, come on our radio shows. Mm-hmm. And then I pushed it. And I said, and we would love to offer you a show on our network if you're interested in joining us. Uh-huh. <laughs> to which he responded, Well, he looks at me and he said, I think we should go over there and talk. (laughs) And I was shocked. My knees were this, you know, I was starstruck. Mm -hmm. So I went over there with him and he says to me, looks me in the eye and he says, Mehdi, what do you want? And my heart opened up and I started to cry and I said, I don't know. And he grabbed me and he put me in his arms. He cradled me like a little baby. And he put, and he forced my head on his shoulder. And he just said, cry. I cried a bit and then, yeah, I was so embarrassed. And then he he lifts my chin to look at his. And he said, Mary, what do you want? And I said, Miguel, I want to heal And he said, good, you will be my apprentice. You will be with Heather Ash and you will learn how to heal. And that's where an incredible journey began of being with that community up till this very moment. And I can't think of a better way to end the first hour than that. That was absolutely beautiful. Thank you for sharing with me. Thank you for sharing with our listeners. And you are here with Mary Adams, and we'll be back with more Mary and Inner Journey with Greg Friedman right after this. Certain company 
yes, she'll tell you she's an orphan. After you meet her family, yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. Her eyes as black as night. She pulls those shades down tight. And oh, there's a smile when the pain comes. The pain gonna make everything. A lock of hair in her pocket. She wears a cross around her neck. Oh, yes, the hair is from on a little boy. Little boy. The cross from someone she has not met. Not yet. No, 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 no.
KXRN LP. Laguna Niguel, Laguna, Laguna Beach. Beach. Member supported KXFM on 104.7. KXFMRadio.org. My name is Greg Friedman. I am a modern version of those that have existed in every culture. I am a guide. For years, I have taken people all over the world to work with indigenous elders in exotic locations. Only to show you that you are the magic. And we just help you realize it. It can be terrifying to look at our fears. And sometimes, even more so, to look at our strengths. I take you out into the wild, into the unknown, for an inner journey. Welcome back. You are listening to Inner Journey with Greg Friedman on KXFM 1047. Broadcast from Laguna Beach, California, all over the world. And if you want to check us out, gregfriedman.com. And on social media, it's Inner Journey with Greg Friedman. Our guest this evening is somebody that I have known for a long time and finally have had the pleasure to meet in person this evening, Mary Adams. Mary is just a sweetheart in the, in the purest sense of that word. She, she has made it her life's mission to foster, support, empower love in the world and in individuals and in herself. And that is a really gorgeous gift. First of all, welcome back. Thank you. And secondly, one of the things that you said in the last hour that I wanted to circle back to that I thought was incredibly important. You were talking about your journey from being paralyzed to being this crazy wiggly thing that you are here and now. And you said, and when I asked you about how you did it, you said, I made a lot of mistakes. Now, a lot of people are going to listen to that and go, well, either, of course she did, or uh, how could you make mistakes and do that? And the answer is this. goes back to something that I've quoted before. Uh, Bruce Lee stole this from Confucius. He said, the difference between the master and the novice is the novice, excuse me, the master has failed more times than the novice has even attempted. And to me, that's huge. And you not only touched on that, but there's something else you said, and I didn't want to interrupt you in this moment, but I want to give you an opportunity to illustrate if you would. You said that at some point, those things that were you looked at as mistakes you started to recognize as opportunities. How the heck do you get from that one to the other? Because I understand it, I agree with it, but how the heck, what are the little tiny baby steps between recognizing something as a screw-up and as an opportunity to flourish? Well, I'd say it, it really started with physical therapy. I decided that in order to get my muscle mass back, because after laying in bed that long, you, part of the reason you can't move is because you have no muscles. Atrophy. Atrophy. And so I needed to teach my muscles how to work. 
And I was, and in the beginning, it was impossible. It was frustrating. It hurt so bad. And many, many times I gave up. Many times I was just, you know, I made myself too busy or I didn't show up to my appointment because it was, it was much harder than I thought what I could handle. The side effects of that just kept me in massive pain for days. Stop right there if you would, because that's a really important point. We, all of us as humans, look at something that we know absolutely is going to facilitate our health and well-being, and we find all kinds of justifications not to do it. Will you talk about that for a bit? Yeah, absolutely. I What I think really happens with us humans on a big level is that we're afraid to move forward. We're afraid to succeed. We're afraid to reach some of those goals because when we do reach it, we don't have an answer for what we're supposed to do next. Be happy? Well, exactly. But we're a society where we're not taught to be happy. We're taught to be rich. We're taught to be abundant. We're taught to be showy. We got the right label. We got the right car. We're living in the right house. And so we're always attaining and pushing for this goal that as time goes on, we continue to push it out because it needs to be a bigger house or a better car or a nicer thing. And when we start to realize that that's not life, that's not happiness, that's just stuff. Stuff doesn't really make you happy. But it's also, it's, it's not only that as the paradigm, but it's also one of the things that I have found over and over and over is the scariest thing for people is happiness. And my theory on why is because they're terrified that A, it's not going to be real, whatever the hell that is, or B, more importantly, is that it's going to be taken away. And let me dispel that one for you right now. There is no having, so there is no losing. It's just the moment. Can you celebrate? Can you commit to yourself in this moment to your happiness? And there's a distinction between committing to your happiness and committing to feeding and indulgence. Well, for sure. And frustration and anger is is it's energy left untended. It's it's where you just tend to slump, you know, slump and go in your emotional body because you're not having awareness. I'm not saying that anger and frustration are not powerful. For me, some of those moments have been what I needed to move forward. Mm-hmm. But it's realizing it. It's having the consciousness. It's being able to go, oh, wait a second. Aha. I'm a creator, and what I'm creating in this moment, either by my thoughts or my emotions or what I'm creating uh, in, in, in my surroundings, is this going to bring me happiness? Is this going to bring me what I really want? We, many people don't have that kind of consciousness. We just automatically go from one thing to the other, and that's okay. That's fine, But when you really want something and you keep falling short and keep falling short, but you have no awareness of how you're tripping yourself up, it gets really frustrating after a while. Yeah, it gets really frustrating. Absolutely. Now, 
I'm going to digress a little bit because I just saw something in you that cracks me up in myself. Every once in a while, I'll get on a roll on the show and I step back and I go, brother, you sound like you are a Baptist minister in another life. And Mary was just on a roll and I saw that same Baptist minister in you, except in your case, you actually are a minister. Actually, you have just been promoted to bishop. What is the pathway for that? And I mean, what is the, where are you a bishop in? And where, how the heck did that come about? Well, I belong to a fantastic organization um, that has given me the opportunity to share my gifts of love with many people. And I started thinking about becoming a minister in 2008 when I met Heather Ash. And, and she helped me understand that part of my goal here on earth was to help other people and that with my disability and what I had experienced, that I could use that and help people who are in the same situation. And it changed everything. Elaborate, please. Well, when I had, I had my first client come to me and she had had back surgery that had failed and was disabled like I was. And I'd come up with all these little tricks and tools in my wholeness um, belief. And what I did is I made this game of 100%. So if I did 2% of this and 5% of this and 30% of this and I ate good and all these little pieces, all of a sudden I was feeling better. And so I kept adding and I kept adding different pieces. Well, so as I started to teach other people this and we found different, like one of the things that helped me bring my nerves back to my feet were completely numb. So I got a foot massager, one of those the electric foot massagers. Mm-hmm. And I did it like three, four times a day. Well, stimulated the nerves, which then started to give me feeling back in my legs. It was miraculous. Nice. Absolutely love that. We're going to take a short break here. And when we come back... I think we're going to dive into your little walkabout that you've been on lately. We are here with Mary Adams, and you are listening to Inner Journey with Greg Friedman. Welcome back. You are listening to Inner Journey with Greg Friedman on KXFM 1047, broadcast from Laguna Beach, California, all over the world. And as I tell y'all all the time, the social media is Inner Journey with Greg Friedman, and the website's gregfriedman.com. Right now, we are hanging out with Mary Adams. Mary is, you know, one of the things that we're going to dive into later if we have time is you not only help people with their personal growth, but you also help them with their business growth. And it is so important these days that we learn how to insert spirit into business. Because God knows you look around this world and we are seriously devoid of that. Well, for sure. And, you know, whether we're talking about emotional growth or business growth, here's the deal. Is that there's all these boxes and they say, you must fit in this box in order to have a successful business, career, marriage, or relationship. And the bottom line, what it really comes to is this is that when you start building a life, a family, a career, a job, 
when you start creating that from an organic place of something that you really calls to you and you work from that place, everything changes. Yep. Everything changes. It's, it's to me, it's, it's find the yes. And when you find the yes, when it resonates with your soul, you know, it's scary. I'm not going to tell you that it ain't scary, whether it's personal or professional, whatever it is. But when you find that yes, you just scream it to the mountaintops and celebrate. And, you know, there's, there's a line in a seal song that I love, in a sky full of people, only some want to fly. Isn't that crazy? And to me, that's the world I live in, is a sky full of people that don't want to fly. And it just makes me insane. So come fly. It's beautiful up here. All right. Now, two things. You got, we never figured out how you got from a minister to a bishop and what the heck that was about. So let's do that. And then we're going to go on to your walkabout. Cool? Yeah, absolutely. So basically what started to happen is I needed to legitimize what I was doing. I was feeding people. I was buying wheelchairs. And I had a lot of different teachers share the message that love heals. And what I realized is that by learning how to give my own love, mm-hmm. which I think I was good at in a lot of ways, but I was a business person. I was a Girl Scout leader. I was tough. I was, you know, my dad really gave me a lot of influence about how to be, you know, strong and powerful. And so I needed to re I, I really needed to reach into that softer side. And of course, as a mother of three beautiful daughters, I got that opportunity, but I needed to serve. Mm-hmm. And so I started helping people. And what started to happen is I was helping so many people. And somebody came to me and said, are you doing this legally? Really? Oh, yeah. It's amazing that you can go and do. And there's always going to be someone that's going to question your motives. So I took I went to every single organization and church I could find talking to their directors of their different schools, trying to decide where I wanted to be. Mm hmm. And I resonated with so many different pieces. And then there were a lot that I really didn't. I didn't want to be stuck in one mindset because when I'm helping somebody, they, everybody has a different belief system. So what I made my goal when I became a minister, I found an organization that gave me a lot of credit for what I had already done globally, but gave me the opportunity to serve with them in helping people in such a way that I helped them tap into their own infinite power, whatever that is. Gorgeous. And when did you become a bishop? (laughs) Just a few weeks ago. (laughs) The fun is seeing and hearing the glee in your voice when you say that. Um, All right. Let's shift gears a little bit. What the heck is a walkabout? (laughs) Well, for me, what it means is uh, a trip that's nothing under 5,000 miles. Some <laughs> of it may be planned, but most of it is turn the, GP off, the GPS off when you see the snow in the mountains. And you go, ooh, I'm feeling called to go. And what do you think some of the big reasons to go on a walkabout are? Well, for me in the beginning, it was about letting go of, you know, I had been taught that everything must be planned out ahead of time. 
everything must be perfectly aligned. You must know how many miles you're going each day. And what started to happen is I was pushing myself so hard to reach these different goals, and I wasn't really enjoying where I was ending up. Mm -hmm. So when I had to go on a business trip or I had to go somewhere, I would take extra time, and I started seeing things along the way. Well, this particular trip, the only thing that was planned was to show up in the Apache Mountains to go to this conference to receive my confirmation. Love it. Okay. Now, you don't have to share this latest one if you don't want to, but I'm going to request that you share something that was the catalyst to say, oh, no, this girl is hitting the road and we're going to figure out what we're going to go on a walk about. What were some of the things that inspired you? Because you went on five different versions of this <laughs> yes. throughout your life. Yeah. So give me one impetus for this, one, one driving force that really sent you on a journey to, to really what is honestly what life is, but to we don't know where. And that's ultimately what we always get. I think the most recent one. Because COVID, it really, COVID time really changed a lot of different dynamics in my life. And after, you know, spending this year in isolation and quarantine and very, very sick, I dreamed of needing to be on the road again. And I needed to find myself in a new way because I learned a lot in this last year. And what were some of the things that you learned and what were some of the things that changed enough to drive you out into the world? What I learned is that time is short and you never know. I lost so many friends this year to COVID and more. And that my happiness was my creation and I needed to leave the comfort of the space that I had created at home. And it, 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 it had started to become very uncomfortable. It was too confining. And are you talking about physically, energetically, emotionally? In every way. It's important that people hear that. And, you know, Mary, you're aware of this. Justice um, has called back in, and she... I think almost three years to the day you started on yours, when, uh, three years ago, almost to the day, she went on her own personal journey. And for you guys who are just listening now or driving through town, Justice Bartlett is somebody I'm going to be doing a workshop with. She is a provocateur, a guide, and a stunning author. Justice, welcome back. Hi, Greg. Thanks. What was your driving force? What sent you out onto your journey? Well, it's curious. Mary said letting go. My motivation was kind of the same. Uh, I was ending a long-term significant relationship uh, that I thought was going to wind up being a marriage that did not. And um, I let go of him I let go of the place I was living. I let go of the state I was living. I let go of 90% of my possessions. And I had moved back to Montana, and I didn't know where I was going to live. <laughs> I had no idea where I was going to live. So I was like, okay, 
a road trip seems like a good solution to not knowing where to actually land when there's nowhere available. So um, what I did, I have a vast Facebook community, <laughs> social media community. Uh-huh. I tapped my social community to um, to provide landing spots for me along the way. I decided I want to do this. I'm going to teach a workshop here. I'm going to teach a workshop here. I'm going to teach a workshop here. And, um, and I let people, well, I put out the idea that I wanted to take this road trip and I asked people, you know, if, if there anybody wanted to host me, if anybody wanted to let me crash a night at their house or if anybody wanted to, to do a workshop and all of that manifested in a very short period of time. You should see Mary's face as you're telling your story. She's going, it's almost like you could see her at a chalkboard going, check, that's me, check, that's me, check, that's me, and pretty much down the line. Is that fairly accurate, Mary? Hi, darling. Yes, Hi. justice. I, I really resonate with what you were saying. So... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody who gets it. (laughs) So, Mary, you're in the middle of your road trip. What are some of the things that you've gotten as a result of the courage to go on walkabouts before? Well, this trip, I really have pushed the boundary. I have gone to six different national parks. I stopped in Vegas for a few days to rest. And I I do these trips solo. Um, I actually, I spent a total of two weeks in the mountains. And as I was coming out, I was, I was so dizzy from being on mountain roads for two weeks and doing forestry roads. I got to uh, learn how to use my four wheel drive this time, which uh, was exciting and really pushing the limit. She was the only bishop that snuck into national parks illegally. (laughs) You're going to get me in trouble. (laughs) That's great. Uh huh. My kind of bishop. I'm telling you, I'd follow that church. <laughs> okay. So, what are some of the things that you feel like you've gotten a result as a result of this, Mary? Well, I have spent very little. I, I've spent a little bit of time in hotels, but I've mostly in the national parks been sleeping on forestry roads and in campgrounds. When I started, I honest, honestly, did not know that I needed reservations. But here's the deal. You know, when you're going to see the Grand Canyon or Yosemite or Sequoia, upper and lower, you know, I I was so driven. So I even got to the point that I was driving late at night to go to a new national park so I wouldn't get caught and could go through the gate. <laughs> and, of course, and, and when I got it, this is really funny. I got into this one area in Sequoia and ended up on this forestry road, and there was supposed to be a camp place. And what what a lot of you who are out there camping know is they've closed up, down most of the campgrounds and gas stations and just about everything, especially here in California with the COVID, which was not what I was expecting, which also meant I had no cell service and I had no internet that I could get anywhere. How lovely. It was great. It was oh. exciting. It was powerful. And I, so I would drive on these roads and I'd wake up in the morning in the middle of the forest, not knowing where I was going to be. I friggin' love that. Justice, go ahead. Uh, uh, it sounds beautiful. And what do you feel like you got out of your road trip? I got my trust 
and myself and the universe back. I had, um, you know, in this, this relationship, I had been kind of shrinking and compromising and really sort of dulling down my sense of and desire for adventure um, because my partner wasn't, wasn't inclined that way. He wasn't wired in that way. And um, I, I just throwing myself out onto the road, it was me and my 15 year old car and my pug and enough clothes to cover all the possible seasons because I left Montana <laughs> in March. Which this is, is not the, the thing guys winter. think about. Guys don't go, oh, what wardrobe should I bring? Oh, yeah. No, I, t- I totally, because I, I went from, you know, I went from being in Montana, like right at the tail end of winter to being in New Orleans and Austin. So I needed everything from like my down parka to summer dresses and everything in between. And it was fantastic because it was going through the seasons felt like melting within myself, like the grieving that I went through, the writing in my journal, just the connecting with people who I hadn't seen in years. And even with one person who I had never even met in person um, and the trust, the trust that, okay, this dynamic is going to work out. <laughs> and if it doesn't work out, that it's a temporary situation that I only need to be in for a week or for two weeks. And to trust that, to trust my communication skills, to put my needs forward, to to be really open and honest about where I was at and what I was capable of with all of these people that I barely knew at all. It was, it was an extreme exercise in vulnerability and trust. Oh, Justice. I, you know, I'm so with you on that. The vulnerability and the and and the trust within ourselves, you know, when you're a woman, it, it's and I'm sure you got the same thing. Every single woman that has messaged me or left comments, almost every single woman, mm-hmm. has said it's too scary. You're a woman. Be careful. You know, there's there's all of these things and stigmas that I had to break within myself. And yes, there's moments I'm afraid. There's a mo- there's there was a moment this time that there was something right around my vehicle. Ooh. You know? Mm-hmm. But you don't you but you're smart. You don't get out. You wait until the light. You know, you you think ahead. And yeah. and breaking that vulnerability is changing my life. And each time I go out, it pushes me even farther into my own brilliance. You know, mm. This sounds so much like women accessing part of the masculine within them. And I'll explain what I mean by that is there are two different ways to do vision quests, very different between men and women. When a woman does a vision quest, usually she's going to go into an anipi or a hut for four days and four nights. When a man does, he goes up on the hill. And he is out there in the wilderness in a space about the size of a sleeping bag with no sleeping bag for four days, four nights without any food, without any water. And you were talking about there was something circling around um, your car. There was a bear climbing a tree next to me one night. There was an elk bedding down. It's like it was both the most exhilarating and most terrifying things that you could do, which is part of why the journey is so poignant. So I just put something out there that really said, 
this is a little bit like the feminine ask, accessing part of the masculine. What do you both think about that? Because I don't know. For me, uh. it's been about reclaiming pieces that I let go because I was told that I was a girl and I couldn't do this. That I was told that it was socially unacceptable for me to go out in the woods by myself. And it doesn't mean that I'm dangerous. It doesn't mean I take chances. Boy, after this many trips and this many miles, I mean, we're talking, folks, we're talking probably fifty over 50,000 miles now. And so I've learned a lot of really key things about how to stay safe. So, for instance, I don't go to truck stops. Truck stops are not safe for a woman for lots of reasons. And so I've changed... So, so I, I go to smaller stations and I park. I have all these rules that I've made for my trips to stay safe. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about what I said, Justice? Well, it's curious symbolically cause, because what I did before I left on my journey was I went to the local rock shop and I bought a lingam. Like, <laughs> Explain to people what that means, please. So a lingam <laughs> is a, it's a, it's a quartz and um, granite stone that comes out of the river and it represents um it represents the masculine appendage in the divine you, you, you can say penis <laughs> it's okay to okay. say penis <laughs> we can say penis okay. <laughs> you can say dick you can say phallus you can, i could go on but oh good. there we go okay <laughs> all right so it phallus i like that that's good that that sounds very like structured right like and i bought it for two reasons one it was i i didn't have one and I felt like I needed one and two I was like this can double as a weapon (laughs) (laughs) it often has I have to tell you from personal experience oh so in doing that do you feel like you accessed or through the journey accessed part of your own internal masculine energy I would say yes I also found that the masculine showed up as being um pretty trustworthy for me like the um the, the places where inner I set up or to, outer or both 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 um the places that i set up to stay were typically with women or with um uh, with family mm-hmm. but my very first day out on the road i pulled over out in in reservation country in northeastern Montana, there's nothing. There's no people. There's no cell reception. I saw this incredible frosted valley, and I was like, I have to have a picture of that. So I pull into this turnout, and as soon as my tires left the highway, I could feel them sink into the turnout. And I was like, oh, no, I have front-wheel drive. I'm in a Jetta. I'm screwed. <laughs> and <laughs> the, like, there was no budging it. So sitting there spinning my wheels and this guy stops and he he shuffles me around he he really wasn't able to help me he shuffles me around he's like let me try from the inside he tried to push me and he goes okay well i can't help you so i'm gonna go (laughs) (laughs) nice guy (laughs) i know right (laughs) so i'm gonna go i'm like um okay he's like what you need you need one of those truckers with chains i'm like okay that's what i need and I swear, not 10 minutes later, this trucker pulls up. He pulls out his chains. He's like, let's do this. <laughs> I did it. I'm like, come here so I can so I can kiss your face. Because <laughs> I didn't know what I was going to do. My whole car was covered in mud. My nails were broken. I had mud, like, seeping into my ankle boots. 
And then this wonderful man, you know, appeared out of nowhere and, um, you know, provided me with the service that I needed in that instant. Was that an obstacle or an opportunity? It was an opportunity, I feel like. Yeah. For what? I... For me to not freak out, <laughs> to, to trust that in spite of no visible resources anywhere. Absolutely. And Justice, you know, I, I think that for me, I, Greg, the word masculine, patriarchal, what I realized in that... <laughs> I'm just watching her hand gestures as she's saying masculine, and I'm just going, uh, I'm going to back up a little bit. <laughs> I'm Jewish. I talk with my hands. I can't help it. You Is know, she it's waving great. a lingam? <laughs> no, not yet. Not no, yet. She was more like tickling the underside. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Unintentional, certainly. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> but... What I really see it, whether it's a man or a woman, it's tapping into your authentic power. It's tapping into that place within yourself that you change how you see the world. Is for you know you change the fear, you challenge it, mm-hmm. and it does. You know, and once again, I'm not saying, folks, that I want you to go rock climbing or rappelling or, you know, for some people that's the thing. But when you keep pushing that envelope and that boundary in your life, no matter what it is, mm-hmm. you allow more room for yourself to expand. Excellent. Mm-hmm. All right, Justice, we're about to take a break. Do you want to leave anybody with anything about this walkabout from you? Mm, I would say whether, you know, it is, whatever it is that you're sort of craving to stretch yourself to to explore that place of trust in yourself whether it's getting in your car and driving around the country or whether it's you know starting a project or attending a class or or doing whatever it is there's so many different ways where we can take that kind of journey Mm -hmm. and like choose it choose to take that journey for yourself and make it your own For sure. And what I say to everybody out there is start taking little journeys in your own neighborhood. Start taking that opportunity to get out. For me, one of the things I did during COVID is I went every night and I took photographs of the sunsets. And so I've got all these gorgeous pictures from the whole year of sunsets. Dig it. And we'll be back with more Mary Adams and Inner Journey with Greg Friedman right after this. start to ask the question, it unfolds the fabric of space itself, how it's made. What is it made of? We're not alone in this universe. We never have been. Alien intelligences have cohabited with us on this planet for millions of years. We inherited the obsession from the Anunnaki. Anyone that still thinks that we're the ones that are obsessed with gold does not know enough about the true history of our species, how we came to be here, and the conditions that brought us here. We are not unique in this universe. Extraterrestrials do exist. We are, so to say, the copies of them. 
Welcome back. You are listening to Inner Journey with Greg Friedman on KXFM 1047, broadcast from Laguna Beach, California, all over the world. If you want to check out us on social media, it's Inner Journey with Greg Friedman and the website's gregfriedman.com. And we are here with Mary Adams right now. Mary is so many things that I'd rather spend the time sharing in her wisdom instead of giving her all the intro stuff. Mary, if you were going to sum up some of the things that one can learn from having the courage to go on a walkabout or some smaller version that's appropriate for them, how would you communicate that? Well, I think the first thing that I would say is that it's really important for us to live and you know, when I when I tell that to someone, they go, well, what do you really mean? Well, I work with a lot of people that are dying. And the first, literally, literally, it's one of the things that I'm okay with doing and I'm really good at because we talk about what do you really want? What do you want to complete? Who do you need to forgive? What needs to happen? What what do you want to do? And so we create missions. And what happens is they start to heal. And sometimes they heal emotionally, but they still die. Well, our goal is not to live forever. But if we start to heal ourselves and we take these journeys, whether it's getting on the road or taking the journey of reconnecting with your family or showing up different as a parent or changing your career, so that you're doing something that really inspires you. Then you start to create a life. I I call it mastery. And mastery doesn't mean you don't make great mistakes. Mm -hmm. Once again, when when you're making mistakes, it means you're trying. You're going for it. Absolutely. But it means using those mistakes as the stepping stone to the next piece and the next piece and the next piece. And that creates happiness. Beautiful. All right. We are to that sad and lovely place in our program. The last question of the evening. Anything you'd feel remiss in if you didn't share with our listeners? Love each other. Forgive each other. Really forgive each other. We're all a little messed up. (laughs) I'm a lot. It's beautiful that you own that because when we own it, we can change it. And You know, life is so very short and so very precious. And you personally deserve the opportunity to be happy, the opportunity to do the things you came here for. So stand up and start wiggling your toes a little bit. (laughs) And let's move forward. Let's move forward together. I'll take your hand. I'm not afraid. That was beautiful. Now, if people want to get a hold of you, how do they go about doing that? And what are some of the things that they're going to find on your website? Well, my website's being rebuilt, which is really exciting because I have so many different offerings to include. We are putting together um, women's circles and art retreats in the national parks. 
Hmm, I wonder how that came about. <laughs> it happened on the road. Uh-huh. It happened on the road. So the best way to reach me is co-creator radio. Oh, I'm so sorry. My email, co-creator Mary Adams at gmail.com. And you can also find me on Facebook. I've got about 19 pages, but the best page, you can find me under Mary Adams. You can also go to Goddess Love, and we share a lot of what we're doing there as well. Beautiful. Mary, I have to tell you, it has been a pleasure knowing you for all these years, and it has been such a kick in the pants to actually get to see you in person and give you a big old squeeze and just say how much I really appreciate you off air, even more than on air and on air. You're phenomenal. So just thank you for being you. And Greg, thank you for being a real friend, a mentor and a teacher for me as we've maneuvered life together, especially in those imperfect moments, because together we were able to figure out solutions even when I couldn't. And so Thank you, and thank you for everything you do for this global community. You rock, man. You are very sweet. I'll take it. Thank you. All right, y'all. If you've got questions and you'd prefer to email us directly, innerjourneygregfriedman at gmail, innerjourneygregfriedman at gmail. And as I say, there's a whole bunch of faces that prefer to remain anonymous that do tons of to make sure that this show goes out in the best possible way for y'all. And speaking of y'all, you know this. It's that I am so incredibly grateful to you, the listening audience. This show does not exist without your participation. And I say that every week. And I want you to know this show is so much a gift for me, for my soul, for my meditation practice, for my being alive, for my purpose of being alive. So when I say I'm grateful to you, it includes all of those components. So you've been listening to Inner Journey with Greg Friedman. Good night.